Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We got lots to talk about on the show, as we always do. The Real Houses of Salt Lake City is still firing on all cylinders. The gals are back in Salt Lake City after their disastrous trip to Vail. And then we also got to at least touch on the Sex in the City reboot. It's called And Just Like That. And Just Like That, I watched two episodes. And I'm going to do a more extended a detailed recap over on the Patreon page, because those of you who are uh, members over there, you know I've been recapping Sex in the City from the beginning, so we got to jump into and just like that. But I do want to touch on some uh, some of the stuff on this main program, because I just have a lot of thoughts. I can't stop thinking about it. I started rewatching the movie after I watched the series, and uh, a spoiler-free version of what I want to say will appear here. So I just want to say that I know a lot of the complaints out there, people thought it was cringy. People didn't like it. People thought it was, they miss Samantha. Of course I miss Samantha too. Who doesn't miss Samantha? Hi, I need something that will make a guy come in his pants as soon as he sees me. No one can do what she did. No one. Kim Cattrall's the queen and icon in a legend. And she didn't feel like returning. And I, for one, was still happy that they returned regardless. Now, there were rumors always that they were going to do a Sex in the City 3, a part three movie. And the second movie was not well received. But I had heard that part three of the movie was this like amazing script. Everyone loved it. They were all going to do it. But then Kim Cattrall was like, nope, not interested. And then she had that big public feud with Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, the whole thing played out in the press. Then they decided to go ahead and do a spin-off series. They called it And Just Like That, because Carrie, of course, always says And Just Like That. Now, the new series premiered on HBO Max with two episodes. I, controversial opinion, I know you guys are going to yell at me, you're not going to like what I have to say, but I actually, I I liked it. I did. I liked it. I liked it. Now, was it a little cringy, of course, but if you go back and watch, as I've been watching from the beginning over for the Patreon, if you go back and watch those early episodes or any part of the series, really, there's a lot of cringy stuff that happens. I mean, the first movie, I really believe that the first movie is good. It plays just like a whole season of the series, right? But in that first movie, rewatched it, Charlotte uh, shit her pants. She shits her pants in the film, on, in the feature film, and that doesn't happen oftentimes in the cinema. I mean, you go to the movies, you're not going to see a lot of actors shitting their pants on screen, but it happened to Charlotte in the movie, and yet we all still like the movie, that first one. I'm not talking about the second one, okay? Let's forget about the second one for a minute, although I will watch it every time it's on E. Uh, the second one, though, it's not really like a good movie. It's really kind of offensive and bad and all the things. But I think that first movie's good. It's got a lot of high highs, and the lows are low. And I'd actually put Charlotte shitting in her pants in the high bracket, because I think that's a funny moment. Uh, but if you go back and watch any of it, there's a lot of those like kind of like cringy things, whatever. But in uh, the new one, there are definitely those also cringy moments. However, in my opinion, the good outweighed the bad. 
the good outweighed the bad. So there was some bad stuff, some stuff I didn't believe, some character stuff that I was like, eh, I don't think they would do that. I don't think that would be her. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed it. So I will give more detailed uh, review analysis over on the Patreon. And hopefully you guys will all go watch it because I'm excited for more. And I know most of you aren't. I think I'm the only one who's really interested in keeping watching that show. Although I actually feel like I'm seeing a lot of negative reaction about like, oh, how dare they? And oh, it's so bad and all that stuff. I bet you'll all keep watching it. I think you'll all tune into HBO Max every Thursday night when they put on the episode. And we're all kidding ourselves if we're not. Whether we like it or not, we're going to watch that series. So, And just like that, they hooked us. Um, but I, I was one of the few who I thought, I thought it was good. I thought they were kind of between a rock and a hard place, too. They had to make some big swings. Uh, so they did some big, uh, pun intended, swings. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. But uh, overall, I thought it was more good than bad. In my opinion, don't yell at me. Okay, if you don't like it, I encourage all of you, if you don't like something, turn it off. Except for this podcast, keep it running. You know, I need the download numbers. But everything, <laughs> when it comes to your other entertainment, turn it off if you're not interested. Uh, but okay, we got to dive into Salt Lake City, you guys. Jen is back. I feel like Jen's been gone for so long now. And I was wondering, I'm like, does she get paid for this whole season, even though she hasn't been in a bunch of episodes? I know she's driving a lot of the storyline, but... I think sometimes some housewives maybe get paid per episode or something, and there's been a few episodes she's been MIA. And so, although she's back, I'm kind of curious, like, what's the pay like? I need the pay stubs, is what I'm trying to get at. I need the pay stubs. The courts are going to be looking at her pay stubs, too, but that's not my business. Uh, but I would like to see the pay stubs from Bravo. So, we open, we got a little, like, montage of all the gales kind of talking about the trip, talking about what's going on with Mary, talking about what's going on with Jen. We see Lisa and John, they're talking about Whitney, because Lisa's never getting over Whitney. She says, Whitney's like a whisk. Whisk. I'm going to call her Whiskney. She's like a whisk. You just She whisks stuff around, and I'm going to call her Whiskney. Whiskney. And she's really trying to make these, these things. <laughs> I, You guys, Lisa Barlow is truly like a character for the ages. Like She just makes me laugh. And in a way that, like, no other Housewife franchise, this type of character would work for me. For some reason, Lisa Barlow on Salt Lake City, it, like, is so performative of, like, what I think she thinks a real Housewife should be. And so she does all these things, like, she tries to do the catchphrases, and she tries to have her crying moments, and she tries to stir the pot and produce behind the scenes, and and none of it is very polished, and I think that's why I love it so much. It's very Valerie Cherish to me, those of you who watch The Comeback, which if you haven't, you need to, but it's so, it's so a little, like, awkward, right? Like, we just had Kyle Richards on the show, and I think behind the scenes of The Real House of Beverly Hills, she's often kind of self-producing or producing that show a little bit, stirring the pot, mechanics, all of it. And every franchise kind of has one of those people who are maybe behind the scenes or making things happen or bringing things up on camera. Tamara Judge did it on Orange County quite a bit of like saying what needed to be said to move the storylines forward and whatever. And Lisa does it, but it's in like such an awkward way, and it's just so hysterical to me. And then when she tries to get these like catchphrases or nicknames to catch on like whisney she's like whisk or later in the episode she's like uh they go to bed they go to bed wait what i'm just talking like samantha now hi i need something that will make a guy come in his pants as soon as he sees me <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel like my lisa barlow impression has turned into samantha jones um but later in the episode she was talking to meredith and she's like they go to bed counting Lisa Barlow's in their sleep. Lisa Barlow. One Lisa Barlow. Two Lisa Barlow. Three Lisa Barlow. Four Lisa Barlow. They're counting them like sheep in their sleep. 
It's like she's trying to have this moment. And they're always just so awkward, but I love them. And I think then that makes them catch on in a weird way. And she's got such an interesting cadence to her voice. Like, I even see people posting online, like, when she's walking in a room and she says hi to Jenny, she's like, Jenny! And it's just... (laughs) Like, that. her just saying the word Jenny is something that's catching on. And so, it's funny to me, she's trying to have these, like, more moments about counting sheep or whatever. Or counting Lisa Barlow's. But then the things that are, like, really catching on within social media and whatever is, like, her just saying the name Jenny or the word Jenny. Jenny! 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 (laughs) What I'm trying to say is I love her, and she's ridiculous. So incredibly ridiculous. Then we cut to all the women. We see see Heather and the daughter Ashley talking about the trip. We see Mary and her grandpa, Nay, her husband. He's microwaving and says... Uh, it's a Utah thing that they're comparing Mary to Jen. And I don't think that it is. I think that they're, I, and I don't think they actually should be comparing Mary and Jen because I think they're two different crimes or two different, uh, forgive me, two different people and two different situations. And so I, uh, yeah, I don't think they should compare the two. I think it is to- totally different things. Also, I want to say to the women, like, there's this weird kind of thing of like, well, Jen's got all this stuff going on, so Mary couldn't possibly doing this thing. It was, it's almost like they, no one believes that there could be two um, legal situations happening in the group. Does that make sense? It's like there could be a hundred criminals in this cast, and and quite honestly, it wouldn't be enough. <laughs> uh, not that we need to just keep hiring criminals. Like I'm not saying that because that would be irresponsible of me, but I am implying it. I am implying that it makes good TV, but I'm not saying it because that would be wrong of me. I'm not going to say outright that Bravo needs to hire more criminals because that is not okay. I am vehemently against that as a human being, uh, but I am um, going to quietly imply that they do that. Anyway, moving on, uh, we do see Whitney and her husband. They're recapping the trip. We see Meredith and the dog. This was a weird moment. Meredith's with this dog, Teddy, who's the cutest little dog I've ever did see. And Meredith was on cloud nine. She was smiling ear to ear. And they played like some weird music in the background of Meredith's like little montage catch-up scene, which I didn't quite understand why they did that. It was almost like I, when I was home visiting my family, I was watching uh, TV with the kids. You know, I have a bunch of nieces and nephews. And they were watching some young uh, animated like preschoolies show. And I was like, what is it? You know, it plays that kind of clunky, animated, cutesy music. And I was like, that's the same kind of music they played in this Meredith scene. I was like, why the fuck are they playing that? It was like, and Meredith was on cloud nine. It just felt so out of place. And I think they were commenting that like Meredith was so happy to be back from the trip and she's in a good place. But it was, it was strange. Then we see Jenny on the phone with Dewey. Oh, we hate that Dewey, don't we? We just hate that man. And every time I have to look at Dewey, I just think, and Jenny, for some reason, she's so focused on the PI, the private eye stuff with Meredith. And I'm not sure why, but it's obviously going to play into the future in this series in some way, I believe, because they keep showing us Jenny say, oh, I can't believe Meredith hired a private eye. What friend hires a private eye? She did a private eye, PI, blah, blah, blah. She's obsessed with the private eye. And so obviously that's going to come into play at some point because they wouldn't keep showing Jenny or Jenny and Meredith going to have a big fight about the private eye. Is the private eye going to show up in the series? What's going on with the private eye? I need to know about this PI stuff because they keep doing little hints. They're dropping hints that Jenny's real concerned about Meredith hiring a private eye. So it's going to come into play. I'm not sure when, how, or where, but it will mark my words. Mark my words, little girls. Little girl. Little girl. Mark my words. 
Then uh, Lisa and John, they are, oh, when they're talking, when Lisa's talking to John at Whisney, Jen texts her from a new number. And I was like, sorry, hey, this is my new number. I want to meet for coffee. And Lisa's not interested. And Lisa's going to find all the reasons not to have to hang out with Jen because she, (laughs) although she was friends with Jen, now she's concerned because Lisa, I do think, is concerned with her image. And uh, to be honest, I, again, I always say this on the podcast, but I don't think any of these women are ever really friends. And so if a coworker, something's going on with like a bunch of crazy law stuff, you turn on the news every time and you see that your coworkers bamboozling a bunch of elderly people. I think you're going to take a little bit of a distance from them. I don't think that's out of the ordinary for Lisa to take some distance. Because again, I don't think these people are friends beyond the show, most of them. And so I don't think it's weird that Lisa's doing it, but it's funny to have to watch her twist and turn to make it why she's not going to talk to Jen and why she's not going to hang out with Jen and try to make it as if like she's the victim in it. It's funny to see that. And I'll keep watching it. And Lisa says, she says, you know me, I would never turn my back on someone. And she's lying right to our faces. (laughs) Then we cut to Jen calling Heather. Now, Heather's so excited to go to lunch. You would have thought she just got invited to go to the circus or something. I mean, she was so over the moon. And also, it was weird because that phone call that Jen made to Heather, it sounded like what they call ADR, which is like, it's added in post. It didn't feel like that was a phone call. It was like, they made Jen, and I could be wrong about this. Anyone on the producer's side might be able to tell me, but I think that they made Jen go into like a recording booth and record dialogue for this scene to invite Heather to lunch, because I don't think that was the actual phone call. And I always love when they do that, when they make the they make them recreate some sounds or something, because probably what happened is they didn't pick up the audio well enough from the phone call. And so, or maybe like, I saw Heather trying to put it on speakerphone, maybe she fumbled to put it on speakerphone, it didn't work or whatever. So they made Jen have to re-record the conversation. And none of these women are, are great actresses, right? Like none of them, not a single one of them in the bunch on Salt Lake City. And so, uh, seeing them have to like recreate a conversation, I really enjoy that and I would like more of it. Uh, but there, yeah, Heather's really excited to go to lunch. And when they do go to lunch, we see the scene where Jen and Heather are at the lunch at the harbor. And I, we have to talk about this for 17 minutes. The hostess there at Harbor the restaurant, the hostess at Harbor the restaurant. I'm not sure what her name is. I'm not sure if we can get SOS on the woman hostess at Harbor, but she, no one's ever looked happier to me. No one's ever like that looked like a little kid on Christmas morning. It was like this woman was so excited when Jen walked in and was like table for two. The hostess, the smile on her face, you guys, you'd have thought she just got fucked by Channing Tatum. And we talked about Meredith. Remember Meredith was smiling and it was like this woman was the same way. It was like, what just happened? She's so happy. But I also then was thinking, oh, of course she's really happy because that hostess was probably one of the first people to see Jen Shaw after all the news. This was probably the first time that Jen filmed, or one of the first time, certainly probably the first time that Jen Shaw filmed in public after all that stuff went down and it was all over the news. I mean, the Jen Shaw legal stuff, that reached every outlet. It wasn't like that just was on the Bravo blogs. Like, that was everywhere. It was like, my mom knew what happened. It was on CNN. It was on ABC, NBC, and whatever. Oh, by the way, did you guys hear? I don't know if you guys listened to my interview with Kyle, The Splits. Uh, but she, I asked her about the Hulu documentary that aired about Erica Jane. Because everybody was talking about that Hulu documentary, and then they made one about Jen Shah that just came out recently. 
But I asked uh, Kyle Splits Richards about it. I said, hey, did you guys talk about that Hulu documentary at the reunion? She's like, no, no one cares about it. She threw some shade at the Hulu doc. So I, I thought it was fascinating. I was like, well, I care about that Hulu doc. I'm watching them all the live long day. I want more of them. So uh, I look. It even got a Hulu docs. What I'm saying is everybody knew about this. So that hostess, of course, she was so happy to see Jen Shaw walk into the Harbor restaurant and seat her for a table for two because that woman is one of the first to lay her bare eyes on Jen Shaw after all this stuff went down. And so I was really happy for this woman. And I bet you, I, I like to imagine that woman was one of us, you know, cause she seemed so happy that I believe she was a Bravo fan. I could be wrong on this, but I do actually feel like that woman was a Bravo junkie like us. And she probably went and told her whole group chat. We all have a Bravo group chat, don't we? I mean, we all got one. I mean, who if who among us doesn't have a Bravo group chat? You know, your friends that you text about Bravo, so anything that happens or, you know, when you want to uh, tell someone about something in the news that happened about Sonya Morgan or something, you, you text your Bravo group chat. So I like to imagine that hostess, she was just texting her Bravo group chat. As it was all happening, she's like, oh my God, you guys, Jen Shaw's here. She looks great or she looks like shit or whatever. You know, we all do that. Or, you know, in the Bravo group chat, anytime anyone in the group chat sees a Bravo celebrity out in the wild, it's like you get the full rundown. And people oftentimes will tag me or or sometimes they'll include me in their Bravo group chats on, on Instagram DMs. Or maybe they'll have a, a group chat on social media and they'll include me. And the things that we say in that group chat, I mean, those things should never be out in the public, first of all, because we all say things that should not be said under ordinary circumstances, right? I mean, we say mean things, we see crazy things, we send pictures. I mean, the amount of pictures I've seen of just Bravo celebrities on the street, like doing nothing, like just inappropriate uh, pictures that you, I don't, I'm not one of those people that think you should take pictures of celebrities out in the wild, you know, when they're just trying to get their groceries or something. But in the Bravo group chats, I mean, you get every angle of that Bravo celebrity at the grocery store. You get exact rundown of what they're wearing, what what designer stuff they're wearing that looks like it's fake designer. I mean, those Bravo group chats, if, you know, if a smart publisher wanted to, I don't know, publish a, a whole book of those group chats, that would be a fun thing. I don't know how we could do that. You know, maybe keep them anonymous or something, but like just everyone sends in their Bravo group text and uh, we publish it. I don't know. I feel like that'd be fun. But we'd have to censor the names because people say crazy, unhinged, and mean things about the Bravo celebrities. So anyway, the hostess probably had a really great group chat. Uh, then, generally loves Heather, right? And I like that Heather's loyal, but it's also very much a mess, right? Because Jen's going all through this legal stuff. And I want... We would all want a loyal friend, right? Like I would want a loyal, and there are a handful in all of our lives of people that, you know, we always say like your bestie, would you help them bury the body or whatever, right? Like that's the, the thing. Uh, but ultimately it's tough when you know that the person might be doing all these things, but maybe Jen Shaw will be proven innocent. Who, who am I to say? I'm not the judge and jury here. I have my opinions, but, uh, Jen breaks down what happened uh, with everything. First of all, she she did lie to Heather and then to all of us regarding that phone call that she took in the stripper bus because she said that uh, at the Beauty Lab and Laser 15-Minute Botox parking, when they were sitting there, she got the phone call and she said, I thought it was Sharif, but then it was like, I knew it was somebody calling and I thought it was a health problem. And it was like, that was all one big lie. I mean, that I just would like us all to acknowledge, like there was no truth to any of that, what she was saying. She really did try to sell it. And I commend her for that. But every last word of that, to me, in my opinion, 
And this is all as this podcast is always, it's allegedly. But in my alleged opinion, I think every last word of that was a big old lie to Heather, to us. And it was obviously trying to cover. And I get it. She's got to cover it up. But it was just a real bad cover up. I mean, her saying like, oh, I thought it was Sharif. But then, you know, somebody else calls me from his phone sometimes. And then they said some health problems. So I thought there was a health problem. It's like, okay, you guys, (laughs) no one's believing that. And anyone who does believe that, I mean, you're a big old dummy. I'm sorry to say, but you're a dummy. And you shouldn't. You shouldn't be a dummy. And maybe I'm the dummy here and I'm the wrong one. But I doubt it. I doubt it, because it was all... You could just tell it was a big old lie. Like, it just... It felt... You know when you can hear someone saying something, you're like, oh, I can feel that's a lie, right? That's how I felt it was. But maybe I'm lying, but I'm not. Okay, so then... uh Oh, what happened? So, she w- so she left the beauty lab in Laser Parking Lot. She got in another van, and then she was being pulled over by the feds or whoever, and she thought she was being kidnapped. And they took her into another van and then put her in a break room and handcuffed her to the chair. <gasps> This was a chilling story. And then Heather's like, yeah, like, it must have been scary. You must have said, like, I need an attorney. And then Jen's like, I didn't think I needed an attorney because I didn't do anything. And then Heather just pauses for a minute and she goes, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was Heather, you know, trying to be supportive. But obviously, Heather was thinking in her head, like, no, you needed an attorney. Uh, the real sad, the horrific thing is that they did uh, go into her house. We saw that footage of the people with the guns. And apparently, they had a red laser pointer at the kid's chest. Uh, Jen's uh, Omar or, yeah, who, yeah, they came in with the guns. And it's really sad. And she's crying. And I do understand, like, the kids didn't deserve any of that. And I feel bad that the kids had to, it's, it feels just too much. It feels too much. But also I think to myself, like, they wouldn't do any of that if it wasn't serious, right? But maybe I'm being naive. Uh, then they talk about stew chains. And she saw stew chains when they put her in that little room or whatever. And she said, Stu said, I'm sorry. But then obviously, uh, Jen is trying to distance herself a little bit from stew chains and then says he's an assistant. But then, Jen tells us that Stu had his own things that he was doing, and Heather is very clear on the fact that Jen is trying to distance herself from Stu Chains. It's really interesting, and they keep showing that footage. Every time they talk about like what went down at the Beauty Lab and Laser and the stripper bus and all that stuff, they keep showing... They brought up Lisa again, and they keep showing that footage of Lisa on the phone with all of her lawyers. And I just want to point out that I could watch that footage over and over and over again. Over. You know, when the, uh, the other gals are counting Lisa Barlow's in their sleep, I'm counting the lawyers that Lisa Barlow called in that scene in the stripper bus because it's like they keep showing to us. Every, we've gotten it every week. Every single week. Those Bravo editors are are playing that clip fast and loose. Every single episode, they're like, throw it in there. And I'll be honest, it's not enough even. I could see it more and more and more. Like, keep playing that footage. It's like her calling the lawyer saying, I'm shook. I'm shook. What am I supposed to do here? I'm shook. I'm shook. I could watch that over and over and over again. Over again. Every week they're showing it to us. And I imagine in the editing bay, as these people are putting together the episodes, there must be a conversation about it. Like, oh, I'm sure some producer comes in and is like, Ed, are you going to put that footage in again? And he's like, I don't know. Do you think it's overkill? Producer's like, no, add it. Like, (laughs) throw it in again. And Ed's like, okay, if that's what you say, boss. You know, and they just put it in again. It's like every week, Ed's got to put in the footage. I don't know who Ed is, but I'm imagining that the editor for this show is a man named Ed. 
And so he's just got to put it in every week. Then Jen sh- says to Heather, because they're talking about Lisa and how Lisa d- wants to distance herself or doesn't know or whatever. She said, I didn't know Lisa Barlow was so easily influenced. And I'm like thinking, well, this is crimes, Jen. Like we're talking about crimes here. We're not just talking about like someone didn't invite you to a dinner party or something like that. Like this is serious stuff. And Jen uh, doesn't get like why Lisa's distancing herself and she doesn't get why Meredith doesn't like her. And it's like, well, you liked a bunch of tweets about her son being a twink online, and although you did make up, I'm sure it didn't mean mean that Meredith was like ready to start a big relationship. And then your you're someone who worked for you stole the clutch, the snakeskin clutch from the store and stuff. So I understand why Meredith's like, I don't want to fucking deal with that person. And Jen's like, I don't get it. And I was like thinking, what? What don't you get? She says, Meredith's using the indictment against me. And I was like, I think it's actually all the other things you did against you. <laughs> Ah, uh, you guys. And then Whitney, we got to talk about Whitney. You guys, Whitney and the rebrand. We band, I was going to say. Whitney and the rebrand. I have so many thoughts about this. We got to take a quick break here. Uh, let's uh, go to commercial and then we'll come back and talk about the rebrand. Before we do, I want to say uh, go to everythingiconic.store. We still have a bunch of stuff uh, for the holidays. If you want to get some holiday merch, we still got a handful of the Christmas t shirts and then we have the sweatshirts that say Queen Icon Legend. Those sold out really quick last year. We just got a new shipment in. Uh, there's not a lot of left of all that stuff, but Matt is the one who ships it all. He calls himself Madison. He's shipping it out real quick. So, uh, if you want any of that for Christmas gifts, go to everythingiconic.store. I want to thank ACAST for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to acast.com slash everythingiconic. We'll be right back with more. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important, uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back. You guys, I'm still thinking about Sex in the City. And because I was playing that Samantha clip, I can't help but keep thinking about it. Hi, I need something that will make a guy come in his pants as soon as he sees me. Ah, <laughs> uh, the line delivery. The line delivery. But I'm still happy that all the other girls are back. I love seeing all the girls. I just love hanging with the gals. I'm having a good time hanging with them and, and just like that. And so do I miss Samantha? Of course. Uh, but I'm happy to see all the rest of the gang. Steve still looks hot. I'll be honest, he's got a hearing aid in the new show, but he's still hot as can be. And so, um, yeah, I would sleep with Steve. Anyway, moving on. Oh, Whitney and the rebrand. Okay, so we cut to the scene where Whitney, uh, or Whiskney, maybe we should call her Whiskney. She's, she's like a whisk. I'm going to call her Whiskney. She is eating some Chipotle. And this is all, you guys, this is crazy. So she's doing this rebrand. The, uh, the brand of hers is originally called Iris and Bow or Irish and Bow. And she's wearing tons of the merch, right? So she's wearing it in the scene and she's talking about how she's doing this rebrand. And I'm thinking, oh, she's rebranding to name it Irish or Iris and Bow. I don't know. Was it Irish or Iris? Unclear. Anyway, she's head to toe in the merch like she's fucking Mauricio on the Houses of Beverly Hills wearing agency merch. And so now she's eating her Chipotle wearing all this merch. And I'm like, oh, she's she's presenting the new brand to us. That's good branding because she's going to be rebranded from whatever it used to be called. Then we find out that that was the old brand name. Iris and Beauty was the old brand name. And now it's going to be something different. But she's wearing head to toe eating Chipotle with the old brand name. You guys, what the fuck was that about? What the fuck? Why was she doing that? It was poor Brandon. I was yelling through the screen. I'm like, Whisney, you need to change your clothes, change your outfit, because if you're trying to tell us that it's called something different, you shouldn't be wearing the old stuff. You should be wearing the new stuff. And if you don't have the new stuff, then you don't have to wear branded merch, right? Like you could just be in the scene without branded merch. But if you're going to wear the branded merch, it should be the current name of the brands. It'd be like me, I don't know, promoting Circuit City on this podcast or something. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, yeah, ever it'd be like me doing a commercial where it's like, everyone go head on over to Circuit City. And then you guys are like, what the fuck? Circuit City doesn't exist. <laughs> That's what I feel like Whitney's doing here. She's promoting Circuit City in 2021. She needs to get with the times and she needs to switch the branding. And we love Whitney. I love me some Whiskney. But she just needs to, I don't know, figure that out. Because it's like, that to me was the most egregious if Bethany was on this show, you guys, Bethany would have a conniption. But I mean, Bethany has a conniption no matter what, but she would have a, a big-ass conniption if she was on the Salt Lake City house. So she'd come in and she'd be like, what the fuck are you wearing? I don't know. That was my Bethany impression. <laughs> she would just be yelling at Whitney. She'd be like, what the fuck are you wearing? Why are you, why are you wearing that if that's not your brand name? Skinny girl ham. Skinny girl ham. You know, she would. that's what she would be doing on the scene. She'd be walking like, I got skinny girl handles. Why are you wearing that brand? Skinny girl, skinny girl, skinny girl ham. And she'd be yelling at Whitney, and Whitney would say, like, well, I'm rebranding. And Bethany would be like, well, if you're rebranding, why are you wearing the old brand name? You should be wearing the new brand name. Why are you making skinny girl, skinny girl, skinny girl ham? <sighs> skinny girl ham doesn't exist anymore either, though, actually. So Bethany wouldn't be promoting the skinny girl ham. She'd be promoting the candles or whatever the next thing she moved on to. What's she promoting now? I feel like she must have got something new now. Uh, 
promoting it. That's for sure. We'd be seeing it. We'd be seeing the new brands as they come about. We wouldn't be seeing the old brands. If Bethany was on The Real House of New York right at this moment, there's no way she'd be promoting the ham. She'd move on. And that's what I feel like Whitney's doing. She's promoting the ham. Whitney is promoting Circuit City. She's promoting Skinny Girl Ham in 2021. She needs to cool it. She needs to stop. Uh, but she's doing all of this. And the daughter's there, too. And the daughter, I hate to say, because I don't want to comment on the kids, but I'm going to for just a minute. Now, the little daughter, gorgeous young gal. She seems like a nice young lady, very smart and everything. But there was something on her nose, and I was so focused. I was like, was it a booger, little girl? Little girl. I don't think it was a booger, but there was something on her nose. And I actually was blaming the Bravo producers for showing us her nose. Because it was like very clear to me that there was some sort of booger or food or something. And I would be that way too. So I'm not judging this young lady. Because she, who amongst us, isn't eating a Chipotle wrap or burrito or a bowl or whatever. And you sometimes get a piece of rice on your nose or something when you're inhaling it. I mean, who among us? So this young lady did. And they kept showing us. Uh, the young lady with the thing on her nose. And I was like, you guys need to stop it. That is so rude. <laughs> that girl, that girl's going to be traumatized. That little girl is going to be traumatized. Little girl. Little girl. She's going to be traumatized. So I wish they would stop showing that booger or whatever it was. Anyway, Justin, the husband. Uh, we got a lot. Of, we got to talk about the husband. Let's talk about the husband. So Justin, first of all, he sort of mentions the business being a hobby, which was kind of mean. And Whitney's like, so you think my business is a hobby? You know, while she's wearing the old merch. And then uh, she says she spent the entire family savings on the business. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. She doesn't know how much. She applied for a $1 million line of credit that the husband has to co-sign for. Now, this all seems misguided. And Justin's like, I'm going to die. And I need to leave the family some stuff. Now, this had me Googling in a minute. I was like, how old is this man? Did you guys do that same thing? Because when he was talking about like, oh, I'm going to die. He, I don't think he said soon, but he sort of implied like, well, I'm going to be off this earth soon. And I was like, is, is he sick? Like, what? I don't mean to laugh at that, but I was like, I don't know what's happening. What was he saying? It was like, I'm going to be gone soon. And I want to make sure everyone, I was like, are we... Did I miss something? Did they forget to tell us that the husband's sick or or that he's like 85? That was the other thing, too. I was like, does his skin just look really good? Because he don't look that old to me. He does look much older than Whitney. But it's not like that man looks like Tom Girardi, you know, after he fell down the fucking hill in Pasadena when it was snowing. I mean, he just looks like a, in his 40s or something to me. And so when he was saying that, I was like, are we all on the same page here? I was like, what age is that man? Maybe he has the fountain of youth because I was thinking maybe he is 80 plus and he just moisturizes and stays out of the sun. And that's why he looks like that. Uh, but I don't think that's the case. But so I didn't really understand. I mean, I guess he just was looking out for his wife or whatever. And as I always say, maybe I miss stuff. You know, I get things wrong here and uh, forgive me. You just gotta, we gotta keep it, keep it moving. But sometimes maybe I miss something. And that's one of those times where I'm like, what the fuck? Did I miss that? Unclear. Then uh, Whitney does say, she cries, she says, I'm really bad with money. And I thought, hmm, that's not good. That's not a good sign. It felt like that was foreshadowing. It was not only foreshadowing for like the future episodes, but I felt like it was even foreshadowing for the end of the episode when we saw that photo shoot, which I got a lot of things to talk about with that photo shoot too. For the Wild Road Rose Beauty, 
where she spent a lot, we're going to get to that. She spent a lot of money, you guys, a lot of money. Uh, then we cut to Sister Mary in her closet and she did, uh, she's got, a, she's hoarding is what I'm trying to say. She's hoarding. And she was holding up a skirt that I believe it happened really quickly, you guys. So forgive me, but I think she was holding up a skirt with carabiners on it. You know, the type that when you're rock climbing, they hook you in with those carabiners. Do you guys know what those are? I felt like that skirt had a bunch of carabiners on it. And I was like, is that decoration or is she using those carabiners to hang it in the closet? Because that was innovative. And on some level, I thought like, oh, carabiners were probably good to like hang your, I was thinking like my pants in the closet, you know, because I don't like pant hangers. I don't think they ever work really good. You're supposed to clip them in, but they're never like the clips are always too hard or whatever, or they're not spaced out properly enough. Like I don't love a, a pant hook hanger. And I was thinking, man, like a carabiner, like two carabiners hooked on to the belt buckles, you know, that, or the belt loops, I felt like you could hang them right in the closet. It'd be a great thing. And here I am moving. I'm going to, when this end of this month, Matt and I are moving to a new place. I'm going to have to redecorate and clean and organize the new place. And by the way, if anyone out there, any uh, businesses, they want to come decorate the new house, let me know. Uh, or organizers too. Ooh, you guys do watch that home edit show. Remember that? I don't know if anyone saw this on Netflix. It's a show about organizing and nothing really happens, but I think they're coming back soon and I can't wait to watch it. Uh, it's I last holiday season, like I, I don't know, it debuted in January or something. I remember I spent one whole Saturday afternoon just watching these two women organize people's closets and I was obsessed with that. So I'm very excited that they're coming back. But as I'm watching Sister Mary with the carabiners on the skirt, I was thinking, oh, she should go on the home edit show and teach people this trick. And maybe it was just like the design of the skirt. So maybe Mary wasn't even cognizant of the fact that this is like an innovative way to hang your skirts. But I'm telling you, like somebody, I don't know who's listening, somebody needs to figure this out because that seems like a good idea. Even if it wasn't what she meant to do, I still think it's it was very smart, very smart. And she says she she definitely has too much money. I mean, looking at all that stuff, she definitely has way too much money. And she does say, she says, all these things that I have, it's not because I take people's money. So she does say that to us. Um, we can all believe what we want to believe. And then she says, in the last 20 years, I bonded with the things in my closet because my mother hasn't talked to me. And that is uh, what she said. And I, um, then we cut to Lisa and Meredith at the horse barn. Now they're at the horse barn. I love a horse barn. I'm very allergic though. And I think I had told you guys a story when I was in high school, my best friend Beth and I, we used to take sign language classes in a horse barn in Ohio. And to this day, I still don't quite understand why we're in a fucking horse barn taking classes, but, uh, Beth and I would go and I think it was like Saturday afternoons or something. We'd head on over to the horse barn and I would have an allergic reaction every time I went in there, uh, to learn my ABCs in sign language. Uh, and then I later took a sign language class in college because I didn't learn anything in the horse barn. I couldn't remember any of it. But uh, I did go to this horse barn all the time. And I was like, I don't know why we went there. Like, I think back and I was even after I think I had talked about this on the show before I talked to my friend Beth and I was like, why the fuck did we go to the horse barn? Like, it, it was literally we we're in a fucking stable learning from someone. <laughs> it's like, why are we in the stable? I didn't understand. Like, why weren't we sitting in a classroom or someone's house or something? Uh, but I, I don't know, it was Ohio, I guess. That's the only explanation I have for it. But we headed on over to that horse barn, and every single time had an allergic reaction. That's probably why I never learned anything. Had to retake a course in college, because it was like, I couldn't concentrate. I was sneezing and sniffing and all the things because of the horse, uh, is it fur? Horse hairs? 
whatever. The horse, I'm allergic. Horses and cats, you guys. Uh, don't put me around a cat unless it's animated. I'll turn on uh, Garfield any day of the week, but I'm not going to be around the cat because I get allergic reaction. God bless them. But I have a bad reaction when around cats. Uh, again, unless it's Garfield and we're eating some lasagna uh, vis-a-vis the TV. Then I'm all in. Okay, so then uh, Lisa and Meredith are at this horse bar. Barn. Horse bar. Did I say horse bar? I had imagined just all the horses like getting a, a gin and coke or something. <laughs> I don't know why I'm picturing like I, not. What's that show on Netflix with the animated show about the depressed horse, BoJack Horseman? I don't know why I'm picturing like a real life version. Imagine they like remake that and like a live action version of it. And it's just like real horses at a bar. I don't know why that's like making me laugh. Like Mr. Ed. Remember Mr. Ed? I'm surprised they haven't rebooted that yet. But I would love like a Mr. Ed meets a BoJack Horseman where it's just like real life horses and they film it and script it and it's just like horse depressed horses at a bar. <laughs> oh, you guys, I'm giggly. I mean, hey, if they're going to reboot Sex in the City, I can only imagine it's a matter of months until we hear about a Mr. Ed, dramatic Mr. Ed reboot where the horse is drinking at a bar. Um, okay, so Lisa and Meredith are at the horse barn, and Lisa tells the worker that she loved her pants, and I just want to say she was lying to the worker, because I don't believe that Lisa loved those pants. I think she was lying right to her. She said, I love your pants, and I just don't, I didn't buy it. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, they talk about the Jen stuff, and Lisa's like, I didn't see the same Jen you all saw until the last three weeks, and I was like, yeah, because she was arrested on TV, but like you loved her right before that. And she's trying to, again, talk around why she's not going to be friends with Jen anymore. And it's funny to watch her try to spin it. Meredith, meanwhile, had the slick back hair. It was like she had the slick back hair, that look. I was loving that look on Meredith. She engaged with the slick back hair. Ugh, I loved it. I loved it. And Meredith's like, well, we're all a little fucked up. And Lisa got really offended by that. She's like, no, we're not. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. Uh, she was not interested. She's like, well, I'm not fucked up at all. She's think she said she doesn't have any issues with the group. She didn't do anything wrong within the group. And Meredith's like, well, we all did a little something wrong in the group. And Lisa's like, nope, not going to go there. Oh, you guys, I had said last week on the show that I, we need to find a nickname for Lisa. And a lot of you were saying we should call her Vita for Vita Tequila or like, I don't know, I got some funny uh, responses that you guys had wrote in on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, but when uh, so many people said Vita, that then I started thinking about living the Vita Loca, and I was just laughing, thinking of her in that music video. You know, my imagination's been running wild this week, and so "Living La Vida Lisa" is a remix remix of the song that we need. Uh, but you guys did write some good nicknames, in, and we'll we'll settle on something by the end of the season. I don't know if I want to commit to something quite yet, but we will find it, and I'm confident we will. But I don't want to rush it. I want it to come to us naturally. And until then, we're going to be living La Vida Lisa and enjoying her presence as is and calling her Lisa. Then we cut to Jenny and the daughter. You guys, that little girl. Little girl. That little girl is a star. And I've said it before. I thought she should have a science show on Peacock. Now I'm realizing she needs to be a top chef judge. Because Jenny and the daughter, they go into this Vietnamese restaurant. And they're trying some foods because Jenny's going to do a, a, a tasting there or something. And this little girl, first of all, my heart, the, the, the you know what? The Grinch, when his heart grows three sizes or whatever. My heart grew four sizes when I saw Jenny and the daughter walking into that restaurant, and the little girl grabbed the mom's hand and kissed it. It was the sweetest moment. This little girl just kissed her mom's hand, and it was like so like simple as they were walking in this restaurant. 
But you guys, I'm not kidding you. I don't know if I'm just extra emotional or something. But like, you know, the holidays, I cry as any second drop of a pin drop. I cry. I mean, the tears are coming. Tears are flowing holiday season. You know, I'm a I'm a holiday junkie. And when I see some twinkle lights, it's like I could cry. I was just walking around the neighborhood the other night and they had the twinkle lights up and I'm like sobbing on the street. And there was no reason other than I thought that the twinkle lights look so beautiful. (laughs) I get emo, though. I get like really emotional. And they're not sad tears. It's like happy tears. Like I was like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. And it was literally just like this little strand of twinkle lights in someone's house and i was just like sobbing like a little big little girl little girl little girl that's what i was sobbing like not that there's anything wrong with sobbing like a little girl because when i was a little boy i was sobbing like a little girl and a little boy so we need to change that phrase uh because i was i was a crier as a kid i was always crying you guys always crying i'm a sensitive soul libra uh anyway Oh, the daughter, though, she kissed the hand. It was, it was the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was just so sweet. And I thought, I, now I don't even want her, that little girl on TV. I want to protect her from the TV because she seems so sweet. But also, I would like her to have multiple shows and to judge on Top Chef. That's what I would like to see her alongside Padma, Gail, and Tom Colicchio. And well, she could be the fourth. You know, they are always looking for a new star on Top Chef. Let's get her in there. Put her in, coach. Then uh, we cut to Jen and Sharif. They're eating some Popeye's chicken, which is delicious. And then Jen is crying about how her friends are ignoring her. She's like, I am innocent. And Sharif says, okay. That's how he responded the first time. Then he says, I believe you. But the first time when she's like, I'm innocent, he's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then uh, she said she hasn't heard from anyone. And Sharif is like, well, look, uh, you changed your number. You got rid of your phone. I'm sure people love you, but they're a little concerned. They don't know what's going on right now. And he tries to tell her, like, he yells at her a little bit. And he said, people love her. But he also said something about how he's gatekeeping. I didn't quite catch that. Maybe I missed something there. Uh, but she is, um, she's upset about it. And she says, I don't understand why this is happening. And I thought, well, I kind of understand why it's happening. Uh, then we cut to Whitney and the rebrand. Uh, Whitney and the rebrand, you guys. More of the rebrand. Doing a photo shoot. She's uh, rebranding to Wild Rose Beauty. Although in this scene, again, there were hats and stuff that said the old brand name. Uh, so that was frustrating. And then she's having the brand ambassadors be models for the rebrand. Now, I have a lot of concerns about this. Because first of all, she I'm thinking, did she pay them? Because brand ambassadors, from what I understand, okay, brand ambassadors usually like, don't they get paid? And maybe it's different for every company. But don't they usually get paid based off sales? So like, it, it almost when you when you somebody a company calls someone a brand ambassador. What I take from that, which might be wrong, so please don't take this as fact. But I thought like the brand ambassadors go around and sell the product, and then they get a percentage of what they sell. So then I was thinking like, is Whitney paying these models to be in the photo shoot for the brand? First of all, or are they just doing it because then it'll help them sell it, and then they'll make money on the back end? Which so I'm not sure which it is. Maybe she did pay him, okay? Because that when she said it was twenty thousand dollars, you guys, twenty thousand dollars for this photo shoot. Then I thought she had to have paid these models, but still, I don't imagine those models. It wasn't like we got Gigi Hadid in there. I'm not sure that Whitney, even if she did pay them, paid him a, a ton of money for that photo shoot. Because, uh, but where was the money coming from? What cost twenty thousand dollars? Because she had a charcuterie plate, and then she had the old merch. And it was all against a backdrop. And I can't imagine the photographers cost $20,000 because a full photographer, I mean, you could be the best photographer in the world and you're, what, $1,000 for a couple hours. 
you know, especially someone who's going to be on TV. I would imagine those photographers, assault, the best Salt Lake City photographer, how much are they costing, right? Like, I have friends who, I'm not even going to say their names, but they're like some of the, they photograph things for Vogue and Vanity Fair and Men's Health and like literally the biggest magazines ever, the biggest celebrities they've photographed. And I think they it's like $1,000 for a couple hours, which is a lot of money. But I'm just saying in Salt Lake, that's in California for big, huge magazines. So like, I would imagine a Salt Lake City photographer for a couple hours to do a shoot for this product. And they're on TV, so they're getting exposure. Because usually what happens on these shows is they're able to set up these deals, these side deals. So it's like, oh, you'll be on TV and you can use the photos wherever you want for your portfolio or whatever. So what I'm trying to say is, although the photographer was probably wonderful and super talented and all these things, I can't imagine they'd be much more than a thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars for the day, right? And am I off, am I doing the math right? I hope I'm not. I'm not trying to like be offensive to anyone who's a photographer in Salt Lake City because I'm sure they're wonderful. I'm just saying, that in my head, I'm trying to comp it to the numbers that I know. And so I can't imagine, let's say high end, it'd be 2K for the photographer, which to me, that seems like way more than it probably costs. So where did the other 18K come from? Let's break this down. The charcuterie board was probably what, upwards of $60. I saw that charcuterie and it looked great, but I don't know. Maybe let's, let's call it a hundred. Let's call it a hundred. Then the photographers, I'd imagine, brought in that backdrop, right? Like the one back, and then of course they had to pay for those roses. They had to have those wild roses that they were holding. Those, let's say, 100, 150, 200 bucks. We're not at 20k. We're just not there. And so, where? What was the 20k? I don't understand. And then Jenny pointed out there's no product. She said, "Where's the wild rose? There's no logos. All the logos are old. It's just a white background." I'm. I don't understand what's going on. Where did that 20k come from? Or where? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Why did that song just come in my head? Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> I don't know why Cotton Eye Joe just popped in my head. Does that ever happen to you guys? See my brain. My brain is just permanently in like 1998. It's like the Cotton Eye Joe lyrics just came out. Don't even know where they came from. It, that wasn't in my notes. All of a sudden, though, I'm singing Cotton Eye Joe. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? You guys, when I was at a bar about mitzvah back in 98, nothing better than when Cotton Eye Joe came in that playlist by the DJ. I mean, it, was there anything better? Oh, that you'd, we'd all run to the dance floor and you'd have the gay old time on the dance floor with Cotton Eye Joe playing. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Oh, nothing better. Or remember that, what was that song? I put my hand up on your hip. When I dip, you dip, we dip. Nothing better when that song came on. I also have this very vivid memory of this girl, Jenny. I'll never forget in my, I have an image of her. I remember at a bat mitzvah. She was on the dance floor, and when Genie in a Bottle came on by Christina Aguilera, this was probably 99, I guess that song came out, and Jenny ran to the dance floor, and I'll never forget, she had like done choreography to Christina Aguilera's Genie in a Bottle, and everybody else ran to the dance floor too, because we were all so excited about that song, it was such a hit. But I remember Jenny like specifically doing like a this genie dance, and it was so it's so funny to me that it just sticks in my head. Like I just remember Jenny, Jenny with like a choker necklace on doing like the genie in a bottle dance. And Jenny's a star. I mean, she's not uh, she's not in the business anymore. But back then, <laughs> that was she left the business after that. But I feel like she was really an entertainer in '99 back in Ohio at the bar mitzvah I went to. Because she was really giving it to us. The dance floor was hers that day. Because all eyes were on Jenny doing Genie in a Bottle dance. 
I mean, she had that those moves down pat. She was doing the like, you know, with the hands. You put the hands together and you kind of point them up to the sky, dance them like a genie. She had it down pat, and that was that was her foray into the entertainment industry. She peaked and she got out while she was ahead. So, Jenny, wherever you are, I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of you. Love you. Uh, okay, so then, yeah, I don't know where that money came from, but. Heather, uh, they, Heather and Jenny, they go out and sit outside. Jenny says they're doing a phone night and they're going to have some Vietnamese food and they're excited about that. Then they talk about Jen. Heather tells them that Jen thinks she's innocent and Whitney laughs and Whitney called Cameron. Cameron's all over the place. She had a three hour conversation because now Whitney's a PI and she had a three hour conversation with Cameron about, uh, about, uh, Mary and the church. And then Whitney says, Mary is bigger and badder than any of us ever realized. What does it mean? What does it mean? Whitney got some answers. Whitney's got some dirt. And they, she doesn't even tell us. She says she's going to go talk to Lisa about it first. She doesn't want to talk to anyone else about it first. She wants to talk to Lisa. So there's all this stuff that's going to be coming out about Mary and the church. And I'm so excited. But I'm a little concerned because, you know, all the gals are worried about Mary. You know, they're scared of her. They're all worried she's going to put a curse on them. Like Charlotte, she's going to curse the day they were born. And I mean, we're all concerned. Uh, but I, we don't know exactly what it means. But Whitney's going to go to Lisa. Hopefully, we're going to see that sit down. And then Whitney's acting like she's going to gather the troops. She's like, well, we all got to come together to take Mary down. Like, it's almost like she's gathering a whole slew of people because they're all scared of Mary. And I'm curious to see it play out. Next week on the show, Jen and Lisa have a little thing. We get this tea party that looks thrilling. Meredith gets mad, too. She's like, why did you invite me if I told you I never want to be around Jen again? And the other women are like, well, you're on this show. We're all all on the show. We had to invite her. It's like, that's what they all want to say. But And I love that moment. It's in the preview where Meredith says it to Jenny. She's like, why did you invite me? I said, I don't want to be here if Jen's here. And Jenny's face, she's like, in her head, she's thinking, well, of course she's here. We're on a TV show together and producers made me invite her. But you could see the wheels turning in Jenny's head because she's like, I can't say that because I'm not supposed to acknowledge that we're on a show together. So she's just like, uh, and it's just this very awkward little like, no one knows what to say. And it's like, doesn't Meredith know we're all on a show? <laughs> where did you come from? Where did you go? Who is this man, Cotton Eye Joe, too? Where did that song even come from? Or what's it about? I don't know. Has it aged well? I hope I'm not missing something. Did we cancel that song for some reason? I Maybe some of you are like, you're going to DM me and say, Danny, how dare you talk? Sometimes it happens on the show, you know, you forget. Uh, what ha- It's like when Baby It's Cold Outside suddenly got canceled and we were walking around singing it. Back a couple years ago, I feel like, four or five years ago, people were walking around singing Baby It's Cold Outside. And then people would say, you know, that's about rape. And it's like, well, I didn't even realize that, you know? And I feel like that's going to happen with Cotton Eye Joe. All of a sudden, you guys are going to DM me and say, how dare you talk about Cotton Eye Joe? Like, did Cotton Eye Joe get canceled? I can't keep up. It's hard. You know, it's hard. I want to be socially um, um, coherent. But, you know, I don't know where we came from, where we go. And I don't know uh, where did Cotton Eye Joe go. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I love you guys so much for listening. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Again, go to everythingiconic.store for all that stuff. It'll ship way before Christmas. It'll ship right away. Matt usually ships within about a day from here in California. And cute stuff that make great gifts. And it helps us because we're trying to move right now. And it helps us get rid of boxes because that's why we're all the stuff that we have right now is limited. We're not ordering any new stuff until we're in a new place because uh, we're moving tons of boxes and stuff. And it's stressing me out. I've told you my whole apartment feels chaotic. We don't even know the exact date we're moving yet because we're still trying to figure out that. It looks like it's going to be the week of Christmas. And so, you know, I'm going to be complaining until then and through then because as you guys know, I'm a complainer. And so uh, just get ready for that. Buckle up, little bear, because I'm going to be complaining until I move into that new place. And I'm going to be extra unhinged because that's uh, how I'm feeling. So, uh, you know, I'm going to try to keep it together, but I'm a little bit like Charlotte in the Six in the City movie, cursing the day, uh, everything. I'm cursing all the days because I'm pissed. Moving is hard. And especially just, I mean, that's the hardest thing is like not knowing about like what exact day. We can't even hire like a mover. We can't even figure out like none of it because we don't know the exact day yet. We have an idea, but it's stressing me out. Ugh. And Matt keeps it all together, but I do not. I'm like just a nutball walking around like a chicken with my head cut off. <sighs> anyway. You guys, that's the show. Love you all. Let's do our little cool down. I need to cool down more than anyone. I need to do our cheesy little cool down because I need the breather. I need to remember to breathe. Um, so let's all take a deep breath in and hold it and breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Listen to the holiday podcast. We got some good episodes up there. And uh, just go about your week and enjoy it and know that I love you. And uh, we stay safe. And now I'm rambling. So I just want to say, where did she come from? Where did she go? Where did she, where did she come from? Cotton Nigel. Love you all. Bye-bye. <laughs>